this week on This Galarian Life, the party evaluates the choices they have made. It wanted his pocket watch. Why? I do not know, and I fear it might have some dire repercussions in the future. But there's time to revel in their victory. <laughs> I'm trying to bond with my daughter. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Laura, it's girls' night. Come join us. And time to look forward to the future. I'm a good inventor in terms of my ideas. My ideas are insane. Okay, they're really good. But like sometimes my execution is lacking because I don't have proper school. As I figure out where to go from here. So then whose motivations do you need to dissect? Charlie just astounds me. <laughs> I never know what to Will they allow the DM to keep his sanity? You just add one to the HP no, and subtract no, 70. No, I've been through this with 39. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Listen to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to This Scholarian Life for our brand new installment. Uh, last week's episode was the official end of book three. So this week we'll kind of discover some of the fallout of what has happened over the course of this last book and set up our... Next chapter is, I think, the first chapter I'll have to uh, truly explore with the party some of the story elements that have been going on that are outside of the scope of Iron Fang. The Heralds of Aradin, the big bad evil guy, Galarian, Teresia's sister, Samana. So I think th this is a season to listen to if you're enjoying the extra story we're adding. I don't want to prattle on too much about the actual content of the show going forward, but we've got a bunch of big things planned. Um, book four should, at the pace we're going, include episode 100. We're slowly coming up with ideas about how to make that special, so we'll be working hard to try to make sure that that is our best episode yet. Uh, but with with all of that being said, please remember to like like us on iTunes, follow us on all of our social media platforms, check out our website, uh, all the stuff that helps us grow. It, it means a ton to us, uh, but I don't want to keep you too long on the intro, so we'll just jump right into it. Presenting episode 76, Fallout, New Long Shadow. Hey, I do 51 damage now on my rage cycle thing. Oh, I need no. to get you a potion of gravity bow. That'd make you do an extra, like, 18 damage. No, not like. That would make you do an extra 18 damage. You know what we, that means? No, yeah. we have to do it. I would do 69 damage. We have to do uh, it. Jeff, Jeff, help me convince Derek to let him have permanent gravity bow. Uh, just any so, ranged weapon I pick up just gets into a place. What do you get, like, the devourer of metal from Kingmaker? On, on one hand, I like the 69 joke. On the other hand, I hate that there's a nine in it, and that makes me do math. You know, fair no, enough. No, no, you just add one to the HP no, and then subtract no, seventy. No, I've been through this with thirty-nine. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Never forget. That's Derek, why I always do Gavin, math numbers of damage, like Derek, one or two hundred. Derek didn't learn Common Core standard math. Yeah, it only costs uh, four thousand gold pieces for a ring of continuous gravity bow. What? I'll teleport everybody to Chellix. We'll buy it. We'll come back. One of us won't make it. That's okay. It's worth it. What if William doesn't make it? One of us will die, but that is a risk I am willing to take. Yeah, I'm not sure Teresa's going to do well, Chelly. That's going to be rough. Look, um, Teresa, the best, best way I can help you out with this, um, just imagine they were all naked. That way you feel bad for them, and... So y'all actually ready this time? Sure. Uh, yeah. You can control Derek, you sub-bitch. <laughs> Imagine, if you will, that book four starts with an opening credit sequence from a movie. We begin our shot in the night sky. We see a tiny glimmer of bright white light appear in the sky. And it gets closer and closer and closer. A voice breaks the tension. The day the Starstone fell changed the history of Galarian and 
countless ways, and then we see the stone make contact the earth in a massive explosion that would rival nuclear impact. Civilizations were lost before the time, some diminished before they were finally able to grow again. But for us, for the dwarves, it changed things in a way that many back then never expected. And even today, we do not understand what the Star Stone or why the Star Stone came. We just know that it created the Dwarven Empire. Then the scene cuts to a uh, council hall. A man, think of like the, the Star Wars Senate, except without the floaty pods. A Dwarven man. Brothers and sisters, Torag shakes the earth above us. This is his sign. Today, we begin the quest for sky. We will rise above our underground homes and create great citadels on the crust of Galarian. Today begins the day that the dwarves rule. And then we see dwarven armies marching north in a montage scene. Uh, every once in a while, they're taken out by these weird aberrations of the Underdark, but they make it through back in the council room. A man approaches the king of the dwarves. This is no sign from Torag. I and my clan are choosing to stay behind, and many others are. That is up to you, but the majority of us dwarves head to the skies. We move to a series of underground vaults, the vaults of Orv. A young dwarven man dressed in thieves' garb is prowling around and comes across something that makes his eyes go wide. Kragadon found the artifact that was able to speed up the journey for Sky. He used this, and his clan reached the Earth. Now, he was murdered eventually by an orc chieftain. But, children, it is this story that your city gets its name. Class is dismissed. Have a good day, kids. And then we get to, like, the technical directors and the cinematographers and stuff, and... <laughs> The camera shifts down through the earth and centers on this massive metal door, a vault door inscribed with dwarven runes. From inside we hear, Xanathera, is this it? <laughs> yes, my leash. This is, this is it. We open book four in a small tavern in Long Shadow. Outside, people are still cleaning up rebel, dragging bodies to triage, but inside, a different scene plays out. Cyrix or Penny, go. I will take your strongest drink, sir. Uh, I'll take that too. Uh, grumble, grumble, grumble. I will take a Shirley Temple. <laughs> You're not here, Charlie. Shit. <laughs> Squaw. Uh, he gives you a drink adds a little extra to the top. I wake it up. Sarah, you're quite lovely. Thank you. We've been in battle for days now, and yet you still have well-made nails. That's called prestidigitation. I would think, you know, you know about that. I raise an, a single eyebrow and smile. And <laughs> Penny, I have a question for you. Yes, dear. We're moving a bit fast here, aren't we? Why are you here? Oh, it's a long story. Um, it's kind of funny, actually. I don't know if you picked up on it, but uh, that Samana woman, her and I are quite close. Which for me isn't exactly a good thing, maybe? Her and I are close in the sense that we've spent a lot of time together and we understand each other. I don't know how she got so powerful so quick, kind of jealous, but basically I guess we were in this group and we pretended to like each other, but really we hated each other. <laughs> Oh, a book club. It's different from a book club because there was no wine, which made it quite unbearable. <laughs> Oddly enough, her and I were on the same side of things often. There was this group. Basically, we would argue the, the methods between uh, civil society and uncivil society. Uh, which one was better at gaining sources of power? Uh, we argued at a higher level for it. I was on the side of civil society. And my method was... 
or is, I guess, similar to yours. Getting people to, convincing them to do what I wanted. In the end, one thing led to another, and this land was threatened to be overrun by the Iron Fang Legion, which are very uncouth and, though impressive in their hierarchical structure, they weren't, they aren't civil society. Think Taldor, Chelix, Last Wall. And we do live in a society, don't we, Penny? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sirix? Why are you here? I have my reasons. I told you mine. That's unfair. Come on. <sighs> I told someone a while ago I had been, I was here because I'd just kind of fallen into things. I get that. And I suppose that's most of it, but for a while there I was staying because I cared about those in my group, but they've all died now. Except for Laura. But I'm still moving forward. Haven't really had time to think about it, you know? That's... that's fair. Honestly, I like Laura. I don't... I don't have to wonder what she's thinking. I don't have to, like, dissect her personality. She's just honest. Kind of like Teresia, even though, uh... And I'm putting <laughs> a, a, my tongue through one of my open teeth. Isn't now she kind of... Oh, well, it's just one regeneration spell. I'm not too worried about it. So then whose motivations do you need to dissect? Have you ever been to a library and found a really cool book and you open it up no. in a language you can't speak? No. It's I, I more of a metaphor. Say that I can't really say that I identify with that experiment experience. But the complexities and unknown idea, I don't know. Charlie just astounds me. <laughs> I never know what he's thinking. I don't think he's thinking much of anything, Penny. I think he just does that to dissuade others from looking further in. We'll see. I do have another question for you, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Samana mentioned someone named Julian. Who is he? <laughs> um, so... Like, CX is making direct eye contact. <laughs> uh, Penny, Penny is sipping her drink and sees the eye contact and looks down and puts the drink down. So, when I grew up, I was kind of told that uh, I had to get a husband and I had to be a good wife and I had to go and be proper. Um, I uh, rebelled against that idea, but I met this one guy. He, it's so weird for me to say this. He, he was a junkie and, <laughs> and he, I don't know, was really sexist. Like just nonstop would degrade women. That mixed with his, he was... He constantly like went around with other people, men and women, and I decided that if my parents were going to finally say no, I'd make the stand of this is my last choice, and they would finally go for it. But it turns out they were just quick to let me off, so I I I got with him and we had a kid together. Gosh, he was terrible though. He never took care of the child. He never... And then one day he fucking came in and said, I'm a paladin now. And he thought that would be, that would just be enough with it. How long has it been since you've seen Jacques, Benny? It's been, I mean, his funeral was just a while ago, but that's not what you're, that's not what you're asking. You're, you're no. asking about our son. I know I was a good parent, but he kept instilling these fantastical ideas into Julian these godly ideas and it's so julian went off on his own and jacques was surprised whenever julian became someone of a repertoire that julian didn't appreciate <laughs> however the fuck he talked <laughs> but he has my blood in him julian does and my blood isn't it, it isn't selfless it's not it's self-serving which isn't it was just a bad thing not at all. It's okay to care for oneself, but Jack also instilled these ideas of chivalry and tradition, and the young Julian's mind came to these ideas of instead of chivalry, it was order. Instead of tradition, it was subservience, and warped into Zan Kuthan's teachings. And honestly, I know I'm not the best person, but those people are trapped in a cycle that they need to be helped taking taken out of like he's a he's a good person i know he is unlike his mother i really do know he is good but he's just stuck there and i just i know i need to get him out damn it bartender give me another drink it's the reveal of the season charlie's been a bartender the whole time 
Oh, Buster. Cyrix, how do you know Julian? Like, I know you, you were close with Jacques, I guess. And they talked, you two talked, I guess. But he's always seemed so ashamed of Julian. Like, he was fine with Julian until he became a paladin and thought he was the, the best around for getting everything before him. It's interesting to hear your portrayal of Jacques when it doesn't quite match up with the man that I knew, but he didn't mention Julian for a while, though he did leave for quite a bit. And then- Where? That I don't know. He left for, oh, I don't know, a handful of months. He told uh, Gorgug, one of our group's members, that he was leaving. And, you know, don't expect much information from Gorgug, so I'm sure there was more behind it. (laughs) But when he came back, he was different. And a couple of nights before he died, he asked me to kill Julian. Uh, her face turns into a into a very neutral face. And I'm a bit split here, Penny. I don't necessarily know that I trust you. I don't blame you. But I also know it's not necessarily fun to be in pain because of your family. So I suppose Sears kind of heaves a sigh, sticks her hand down her shirt, pulls out the letter that Jacques left in his uh, remains. And forks it over to Penny. Penny opens it up. She spends a moment reading it and kind of looks confused. Then puts it down and slides it back. And I stuff it back down my shirt. I don't know if that helps or hurts, but it's how I know about your son. Uh, She starts scratching her her head a bit. (laughs) You? Me. What about me? Why did he give this letter to you? He got me. That's... No. He used the word love with me once. And that was in the letter to me saying he was leaving me. Well? No, what What about you could get him to say that? I honestly don't know, Penny. I don't understand you, Cyrix. I, I really don't, because you put this, like, charade on of, like, being a sexy, like, you know, uh, lewd, intentional... Excuse me? ...control of yourself person. But here in this moment, you're you're lying to me. You're not telling me the whole truth. Why? I don't get it. How am I lying to you? I told you, I asked you a question about your son. I told you how I knew about him. And to resolve the situation that I created, I gave you a letter hoping that it would give you some sort of closure about the death of your husband. But apparently, you you take an umbrage. I don't give a fuck about the death of my husband. He was a shit person that portrayed himself a good man in a world where nobody knew who he was. I don't care about him. If his opinion doesn't matter, then why does it matter what he told me before he died? Because it has to do with my son, Cyrix. I tell him every day that he shouldn't go out drinking or smoking, and yet you are the person that told him that it was, that you were the one who told him that he was being a fool or that his consequences didn't matter. What the fuck is this? I guess I was just more effective. And Cyrix puts her drink down and walks out of the bar. And he sits back down, chewing on her nail until she hears the door close. And then she puts her hand down on her drink, smiling and takes a big, big gulp. <sighs> Another one, bartender. I have cause to celebrate. She spends the night in your room with you, Laura, which is probably the first time you've spent this much time with her for months. I mean, maybe since Vandar, maybe since she was a little girl waking up sick in the middle of the night, but she's there with you now. Everything's just very emotional and you almost don't say any words to her and just her emotions overtake her and she eventually falls asleep. In the morning, you both wake up and she's sitting in a chair next to the window as you rise from bed. Good morning. Good morning, Mother. How how did you sleep? You've had a rough couple days. Well, since we killed the nightmare monsters, what better? And you? Good. Better. Better than last night, for sure. It's amazing how things can turn, turn so rapidly. You find yourself in utter despair one night, and then the impossible happens, and you can be happy the next day and she's still got like you can see the tracks of her tears on her face even though she's not crying anymore how cinematic yes things especially life 
are often confusing. I understand what I'm about to ask if, if you do not feel comfortable, uh, but he would not give me answers. I just, it's going to drive me out of my mind if I don't know. And I understand if you're okay with that for the time being, I will manage, but how? How, mother? There were things that your father did not tell you about. He was of some minor cosmic importance. It's difficult to explain. Suffice it to say, there was a being. I had to make a deal and trade some trinket of your father's to... Like I said, it's difficult to explain. I made a very hard decision. What, what would this being possibly want from father? Your father didn't tell me all the details of it either. It wanted his pocket watch. Why? I do not know, and I fear it might have some dire repercussions in the future, but all they wanted was the pocket watch. In exchange, they would give me the means to bring Theodore back, and I thought anything would be worth being able to at least talk to you again. Appreciate the sentiment, seems like a small request for such a grand gesture. I'm, part of me has has fear in my heart for what this may mean, but as we move down this path, I suppose all things will come t- the way they're supposed to come. I get the impression that you will never fully understand what me and Theodore are doing, and you might never like it, but... I guess at least you're letting me be myself for now, and that's all I can ask for. I just hope this this doesn't turn out wrong. Me as well, daughter. After a long, hard-fought battle yesterday, my knees really hurt, and I'm very tired. Theodore has an excellent French latte recipe. I go see if Ah. I scrounge something up. Laura just thinks how much she just wants a cup of black coffee, but now she's going to have to deal with some dirty (laughs) hobgoblin latte. (laughs) Baby steps. Baby steps. Get some rest. (laughs) I will be back soon. Laura nods, and then as soon as the door closes, she, like, stretches, and basically every joint in her body pops. Oh, that sounds satisfying. Oh, Gorham, what am I getting myself into? Charlie, before you go to bed are kind of admiring uh, Buster's new new super sharp claws that he's developed. His, his feathers seem shinier. He's got a cool hat. He's got one of those beer hats. <laughs> Says world number one dad. <laughs> very, very handsome. Do you, uh, do you do anything before you go? Yo, on? I got a mad, bad feeling about short people right now, and I don't know what's causing it, but it's just not good. Should why I tell the group, Buster? Why do you say that? I just got a feeling some dwarfs are up to no fucking good. <laughs> okay. Buster, do I let the group know? Charlie. You're not Buster. Who are you? No, it's, it's, it's me, buddy. No, no, no. I don't like this. <laughs> We're backing out of this. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you, you had him do to me, but... Hey, listen. You're going to squaw and you're going to like it. Squaw in front of them is... I'm going to try to wake up now. Oh, no, buddy. Is Buster really talking now? What's happening here? Yeah. Why? Because he's magic now. I, uh, I'm i a little uncomfortable with the fact that you're trying to get rid of your sword. What? Yeah, you said you'd give the sword to that guy for making be making him, make, making making me magic. Yeah, I would have. Although now I'm kind of regretting that. I could speak to you just fine when you were squad. And I don't like your weird Brooklyn accent. I don't know, it's it's weird because he's like not moving. He's not moving his beak or anything to make any audible sounds. But you, it's not like internal. You're still hearing it. Okay. You gotta promise me something though. If it comes down to me being slightly better in a combat situation, or or you losing that sword, you know what you gotta pick, right? Yeah, but slightly is pretty subjective. Plus two isn't great. That's pretty good. It's okay. Listen, if you don't want the hat, I'll wear the hat. Makes me look so good, though. I know. That's why I got it for you. He didn't even make me give up the sword, either. This is a great deal for us, Buster. It, it's, it sounded like he'd come for it. Well, I'm asking for something else if he comes for it. You wouldn't give me up. No, I wouldn't give you up. No, well, I mean... I'd rat any one of these rat fuckers in the party out in a second, but <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I I misspoke when I said me. You wouldn't you wouldn't give up the the sword. Well, hold on. Now, did I misspeak though? Am I? Hold on. What's going on here, Buster? Are you really the sword? God, dumbest fucking piece of shit I've ever worked for. He's figured it out in thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, listen, I I I hold a lot of significance for what's about to happen in this world, and I don't truly understand anything. I just know something about that man. I, I, I don't want to go, Charlie. Well, listen, I can respect that, and I can tell you that I will require at least a plus three in any deal involving bartering you for better hat for Charlie, for Buster. <laughs> I, uh, I, I assume you'll make the right call. I always do. So, uh, what's the, what's the plan now? Yeah. Gonna stick around in Long Shadow now that you've done kind of what you were sent out here to do. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. That's a good point. I don't like to think about that kind of thing. I I gotta, I'm not gonna lie. You being of some great significance and me having this vision about dwarfs, I'm not loving uh, how the future is looking here. So I might stick with this party for a while. I don't, I don't think you you actually had the vision. I think that was more for the audience. No, that wasn't a vision I had. Charlie had that vision. Okay. I promise. Okay, that works for me. These people seem seem right in the head. Uh, plus, not be not going to be super easy to get back into Krogodon with the siege and all. Do I know about the siege? Molthoon has been attacking the walls of Krogodon for gotcha. uh, about two years now. Um, and they've like heavily warded it where like it would be almost impossible to get into the town by magical means or a normal person but for a boy and his bird nothing is impossible yeah that's that's a good point charlie well you uh you want to get yourself some some rest can you squaw for me squaw thank you probably won't be talking to you very often yeah i liked it better when you were just a sword to be honest yeah i kind of did too well i'm gonna go back in and i got a, a I got a date with a falchion, so... Good luck. (laughs) I'll be talking to you later, buddy. Bye. Bye. And Buster raises his talons to his teeth, kind of picks out some rat that he ate earlier, looks at you and goes, Squaw. That's right, buddy. Teresia, is there anything uh, you wanted to do? Just praying and meditate. I suppose when that's done, I'll be penning a letter to my supervisors. (laughs) What does the uh, letter say? It's going to include all the new knowledge that I know, including that very interesting encounter with the man in the tunnel. How, how's how's Teresia doing? Not great mentally. Um, the uh, the meditation and prayer should help quite a bit. But she's going through a lot. Now that Teresia's just a mopey mess, I fucking kick down the door to her room and I'm like, guess what, bitch? We're watching Bridesmaids! <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> but I, I do go in to uh, repay the favor. So if you, like, come up to the room? Yeah, so, like, after I storm out of the bar, I go back to the room. Uh, Teresia's there, completely nude, praying on, on the floor. <laughs> Hello, God. <laughs> Police? <laughs> Teresia? Teresia is, she is cross-legged on the floor. In front of her is her liturgy set, so it's like a small, like, uh, collection of spiritual items. A few candles are lit, otherwise the lights are off. You notice... <laughs> The items in front of her are pretty standard. Her swords laid out in the front of this kind of cabinet set up. Uh, obviously for a paladin of Iowa Day, even you would know that's kind of a center of the faith is the uh, the blade. Uh, you see some other items there. A little bit of incense, uh, holy text that you would never want to read. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you see a few things you don't necessarily recognize. Uh, one in particular is like a... It's not quite a painting. It's more of a charcoal sketch. It looks like a a man and his three daughters, but you can't really tell. You all right? Uh, Teresia blinks her eyes very quickly. Oh, Sierx, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear you. Hopefully you weren't standing there for too long. You didn't answer my question. Teresia uh, does the thing where she jumps with her butt like a foot to the right. Come, Sierx, sit next to me. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> Sierx is uh, a little bit tipsy from the bar, so she goes over and sits next to Teresia. What's up? What's going on, kid? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. Many things have transpired over the past 48 hours. Yeah, I've been hearing some of that down at the bar. Hopefully my dour attitude hasn't been ruining your fun. Oh, uh, not really your dour attitude. Seems like everyone's a bit dour today. It's unfortunate because we did just win a siege. You're correct. It should be a time of celebration. Sometimes the past has a way of ruining the present. I feel like you want to talk about this, Teresia. Let it out. 
You don't strike me as the strong and silent type. I only have an eight charisma score, here, so it's probably best that I be silent. Um, <laughs> for a long time, I've been hearing rumors that my sister, Samana, well, I knew that something went wrong and presumably her party was killed. I made peace with that many years ago. Then I started hearing rumors, mostly from my other sister, that maybe Samana was alive. That brought joy to my heart. Then other rumors that she followed to the way of darkness. I couldn't believe it. In fact, I would have much preferred she be dead, to be honest with you. But yesterday, well, hours ago, really, the worst truth was realized. So now I must steal my heart, the eventuality that I must destroy my sister. I don't want to do that. What is it with all of you and killing your family members? Makes you feel any better. I no longer consider her part of my family. Not really. I wasn't (laughs) hoping that you would hear that, Teresia, that was me just commenting to the void. Ignore what I said. Oh. You speak of the, the wizard. Well, you, the wizard, Jacques, Greg and Lauren to, be, to some extent. be frank with you, Penny, I'm not sure what to do about... Well, just call me frank, Penny? To be frank with you, Sierra, I'm not sure what we should be doing about <laughs> Penny. I tolerated her standing in the world, I suppose, because she fought for perhaps a greater good, or at least on the side of the one who was. But it's come to my attention through Samana that Penny was part of some larger organization of fiendish philosophers, thinkers. I'm not sure what you'd call them. I did just have a really weird conversation with her in the bar. Go on. Oh, it's not really weird because of anything that is actually relevant to you. I think she's just mad that I fucked her husband. Go on. <laughs> I mean, you want to hear how we did it? I have two glasses of herbal tea for a reason. Hey, Teresia, why are you here, anyways? <laughs> you know, I was kind of wondering when you'd all finally ask that. You kind of picked me up and brought me along yeah, for combat. The you... whole, okay, the whole blonde hair, blue eyes, go from next door thing made everyone think they could just trust you and add you in. Now, I don't trust it. What's going on here? Why are you here? What's your purpose? There's a lot of things to parse there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Before we go any further, I'll say if you can trust me in so far that I'm predictable. Uh, surely you have an understanding of Amade and you have an understanding of, well, I'm not quite a paladin, but I'm pretty close on things considered. It's the motivation of my life. So if you wonder Here. about me being duplicitous or lying to you, you don't have to worry about that. It's not really in my character. So so you're just here to, to make friends with all the roses and mice and save the world from evil? Is that what's going on, Teresia? Who makes friends with roses? Shut the fuck up, Derek. Like, I I'm get the to, mice. I'm here to cast out the shadow behind a bonfire of righteousness, but more specifically, oh <laughs> I was sent here on a mission. Are you familiar with the god Eridan anyway? Why? You hear the slight sucking of teeth? <laughs> <laughs> What is it with you bitches and tea sucking tonight? There are rumors throughout the church I have today that perhaps some old prophecies related to Aridin are coming to pass. I am not privy to the prophecies proper, but I was sent here to investigate and see if there's been any oh, signs like, of Aridin related activity. Like heralds of Aridin? There's a there's a, a silence on the other end of the conversation. Go on. And are you like looking for heralds of Aridin? Well, information about them mostly, but I'm not sure to believe they actually exist or not. Nobody is. Well, Tell me what you know, prostitute. <laughs> what what know. is it with all of you in slut shaming tonight? Oh my god. Or No, I would never the do that. The spirit of Borgoo moves within us tonight. And in that no, moment. No Cyrix us girls gotta stick together. Somewhere. Hey, I'm working on my racism by my daughter. <laughs> Teresa, um, I don't that sounds um well. So I'm a herald of Aridin, I think. The half-orc told me that I was. Teresia turns to you. Eyes boring a hole in the back of your skull. There's a and knock you, on the and, door? And you notice that a candle on the stand lights up very brightly. Does the door actually knock, Derek? Yes. What? <laughs> can I, Teresia, can I come in? Thank you, Teresia. I open the door. Penny, I'm in here. Oh! And I cover my eyes. I didn't mean. And I like open it up a little bit. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, are you so that, mad? You're not. You're not having sex. Okay. Uh, Cyrix dis- <laughs> or Teresa disregards this. Cyrix, which half orc told you this? Teresia, why do you hate me? <laughs> I get why Cyrix hates me, but yes, Cyrix. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm trying to bond with my daughter. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Laura, it's girls' night. Come join us. 
it's really bad go news fuck about, yourselves. It's bad news about dwarfs, guys. <laughs> I swear to God. I look, Six. I really don't let any into camp. Actually, Penny, I'm glad you're here. Take a seat on the bed, please. Okay, one moment. Uh, Sirix, I really do respect you, but you're kind of interrupting something right now. <laughs> Penny, I was here first. Uh, like oh, I said, shit. Penny, Penny, please take a seat on the bed. I recommend you do so quickly. And also, okay. uh, kindly shut the fuck up yeah. for just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to being talked to that way. It's okay. Don't bully her, for God's sakes. I just finished cleaning the shield, Penny. I'd hate to get it dirty again. <laughs> I'll put you in a fucking acid pit. <laughs> I don't think you could. Okay, girls, is it? Do you? I just need to shut the door behind me and let you work this sexual tension out. No, actually, I believe that. <laughs> All over I, your fucking bed. <laughs> I believe this. I believe this wizard's foul knowledge may be of use. I'm listening. Oh, I feel so much better. Now, before we go any further, Cyrix, what half-orc <laughs> told you this? Oh, uh, you you never met Gorgug, did you? No, I did not. Yeah, so there's this half-orc that was traveling in our party when we came to Longshadow, and prior to Longshadow, we established New Tullersburg and fought in Feander, yada, 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 all that. You know all of that, hopefully, by now. If not, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Gorgug is a half-orc. I didn't really know his last name. I don't think he really had one. He was kind of a sexist asshole. He definitely still owes me 10 gold if he's alive. If his soul's still alive somewhere, becoming a dragon disciple on a different plane. <laughs> but... <laughs> Thank you, Penny. You are extremely <laughs> valid in this moment. But Gorgug found this book, and it like had all of these different pages in it that were like all blank but if you turn to one like your god appeared so like i found a bunch of information about calistria that i already knew um but he like spent all of his waking moments jacking off over this book for some reason and he figured out that eridan is like still alive or something like that and he has these heralds that are supposed to do something for him that, again, not super clear for me, but I do know that he has heralds that are doing things in the world, stopping bad things from happening, and that our original group all had the items that marked a herald. Are you all chosen ones? <sighs> yes. Yes, Penny. Unfortunately, some of us would like to just own a brothel and have no conflict in their lives but apparently yeah but Benny, like, what know you what you what know you of Aridan imagine thinking you could own a brothel and have no conflict in your life <laughs> <laughs> you know what i meant let me tell you about Aridan. so like there's this guy. Oh, wait, Penny, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me do something real fast. Teresa stands up and walks over to you and lays her hand on your arm. There's a lesser restoration for the alcohol girl. <laughs> oh, God. Um, let me tell you about Aridin. Why am I talking? What? Um, Aridin is a god of humanity who is superseded by... And I look at uh, your holy symbol... Someone okay, and honestly, she doesn't represent humanity well, but I'm not bitter. The point of Aridin was a civilization that extended beyond his own death, which, quite honestly, is successful. But here he is, back doing tricks, I guess, from what you're saying and what she's saying. Now that I'm sober, why do you hate me? Oh, I don't hate you. I feel a bit bad for you, to be honest. Darkness has clearly tainted your heart and mind, but perhaps divine providence has put us on a path together. I'm sorry. I will let you all continue your com continue your conversation. And I put my hand on the bed and then realize that I put it in sick, and then I lift it up and wipe it on the pillow. And I just try to coolly keep listening. <laughs> So this has turned into a... Penny! Penny! I need, your I need your help! God, you kiss one guy. <laughs> it no, it's nothing down. like that. I'm working on an invention just... to help with our Penny. upcoming campaign. Um, Penny, I told you that he was immensely trustable because he has no brains to speak of. I still don't buy that. You know, I'm going to go do a deep vibe on his... Penny! Let me... I... I'm sorry about your bet. Um, I'll, I won't be back. Oh, and I no. I cast prestidigitation to clean up the vomit. <laughs> uh, I take care of the rest of the bed, and Sherry just says, um, Eric, so you understand what this herald business means, don't you? You know what it represents. Um, 
some dumb prophecy that means I won't have a moment of peace to myself. The second coming of Aridin be the greatest moment for all of mankind. Oh God. Aridin saved us from the Starfall. After it occurred, he we were almost wiped out. When he disappeared mysteriously all those generations ago, his followers were lost. Iombade rose up in his stead, but she isn't quite the same as Aridin. Uh, I guess to explain to somebody who perhaps is a well-versed in religion. To understand Aridin, it's almost a combination of Iomade and Abadar, but something more, something equally beautiful. It's hard to explain, but if this is true, it must be investigated. I don't want to exaggerate here, and believe me, I'm not, but it could be the most important thing happening on this planet. Okay, so I hear you there, Teresia, but can I just, maybe you haven't really fully grasped what I've told you so far, which is that all of the previous party members and I were the heralds of Aridin. We all had the items that marked us as the heralds, according to Gorgook. So, like, I had the locket, or I still have the locket, thank God. Gorgook had, like, a sword or, like, a codpiece or something. <laughs> Close, yes. It was a sword, right? Scabbard. A scabbard for a sword. Um, Truxton, the little, did you ever meet Truxton? He was a little gnome boy. I do. <laughs> yes, I recall we knew each other for several hours before he was horribly exploded by <laughs> <laughs> I miss him every did day. Did he die by explosion? I don't remember. Yes. Oh, I God, that's terrible. I miss bombs. him every day. Seriously, wipes single tear away. <laughs> So he had this like magical bag of holding thing that I don't really know what he did with it. I think he just stored weed, honestly. Um, and then Greg, Laura's husband, had the pocket watch. Wait, pocket watch? Yeah. <laughs> we had the four items that marked us as the Heralds of Arid, and it was this whole thing. That that man in the tunnels, had you ever met him before? What man in the tunnels? Laura gave the pocket watch, I believe, to that man. What man? Teresia, please. <laughs> You have to understand, I, I had just recovered from my third knockout of the day. Um, I did not recognize him. He's a, a sorcerer, caster no. of immense power. He said if we handed him the, some certain items, not all of us, he only targeted a few of us, he'd return it for a great gift. That's how that bird got that hat. Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure what role Charlie plays in all this. God, now I, maybe Penny is right. <laughs> this is interesting. Now that I know what I know... It, but who is this man? I don't know. He seemed what? incredibly powerful. He didn't... I, Did was his... out of, I was out of spells. I couldn't tell if he was evil or not. I kind of stood there. I was a bit shocked <laughs> by everything. So you're telling me, okay, this is what... I was under the assumption that when I ran away with my locket, you all, like, took care of Samana, or who, your, your sister, the sexy one, and came back to town when that was over. So now there's a man involved and he's looking for items... Yes, I believe, in fact, he was perhaps in some way working with her alongside hey, Samana. I'm not sure entirely. He was not very descriptive. Also, I was severely concussed. Um, <laughs> but now that I know that that pocket watch was like... Okay, so I, have much, Laura, I have much thinking to do tonight. Cyrix, before you go. So Laura gave up Greg's pocket watch. Yes, uh, Cyrix, there's something we must do. If it's watch bridesmaid, I swear to God. There's... I hate to say this, but there's simply no time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Teresia walks over to her sword, takes it off the table, flips it around a few times and walks towards you. Are we, are we going to have sex? Sierra Spleathor, may the light hold you in truth. If what you have spoken with me is accurate, and you oh, are God. Harold of Aridin, my oh, blade no. is yours. No! <laughs> she Ter sets the sword, Ter sets the sword no. blade down the carpet Teresia, and takes please stop! Teresia? I will be your banner. Teresia, Teresia, I need you to understand this. It's too this, late to slice it. The bond is forming between us. There's divine energy crackling between the communion. No! Also, I would a, I hope you're listening. Scene change! <laughs> we fade out on Cyrix's scream of rage. Keep it the fuck down. Yo, what Penny. do you want? Penny, listen, I'm trusting you with something, okay? I tried to tell the others. I screamed it at them, but they don't listen to me. But you and I, we're the smart <laughs> ones in this party. And we know Go on. what the truth is when we see it in our dream about dwarfs. And here's the thing, they're bad news. <laughs> you know the town I, you grew up in is 90% dwarves, right? Can I, can I hold on for a polite. second? What did you, what? I had a dream. This was after Buster got his cool hat, but I don't think those were related. Sometimes when I have an exciting day, I do have vivid dreams, but this one was different. And so I dream about these dwarfs and they were coming up from the ground. 
and I grew up around dwarves. I don't hate dwarves, I'm not being racist, honestly, really I'm not, but they are up to no good right now. And I'm trying to invent something, and I show her a stick with a piece of glass attached to it, and it is a magnifying glass, a very simple rudimentary one. I need your help so that we can see them coming from a distance. Can you make I, uh... this big so that we can see them from far away? Because they have the element of surprise in almost all situations. I learned this growing up in Krogadon. Uh, Kenny's eyes are like calm, but her eyebrows are very scrunched. And she takes the stick and looks at it. And I guess, I don't know. Does she have a phrase? Yeah, uh, roll me a two or better. All right, I rolled well. Uh, it's probably not worth a lot. Is this garbage or is it a diamond in the rough well listen right now i'm not gonna lie i'm a i'm a good inventor in terms of my ideas my ideas are <laughs> insane okay they're really good but like sometimes my execution is lacking because i don't have proper schooling and so what i'm asking you you are a magic creature of some sort go on what i'm asking you go on. is that you take my brilliant idea and i will give you credit for this i will credit you and you make it a dwarf finder of some kind. Uh, Penny smiles a little bit and leans in and says, Charlie, I've underestimated you. Most people in, do. It's okay. In the, in the times that come, I'm going to need someone on my side. And I think I can make this work, but... Do you only, want my sword? I want your sword... <laughs> I want your sword metaphorically, Charlie. When, when a situation gets tough... I need you on my side. Listen, I'm with you. I know I love this group. I do. But it's like you and me, sometimes we're the only ones who get some things, you know? Charlie, it makes me feel so good to hear you say that. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to give you this, and then you come back, and you let me know when you're finished with it. Thank you, Charlie. I will I will work on this till till I can't, I can't stay awake anymore. Thank you. I'm going to go back to my room and go to bed. Um, you all wake up in the morning, and... There's letters for you outside of your door from the mayor asking you all to meet at his uh, his office at the fantasy equivalent of 10 a.m. Maybe he finally right. wants to take me up on my offer. Of course, you're gonna pay the mayor. What'd you say? <laughs> no, Gavin. I mean, I said, are you gonna peg the mayor? So if he wants it, yeah. I operate on consent. Seriously, is this, is this young lady giving you trouble? I'll take care of her. Teresia, please, I told you. I told you before we went to bed. I told you when you were talking in your sleep. I told you when you woke up. You cannot pledge your blade to me. We are, I'm, I'm not in any way to be revered by you. I. You seem like a nice enough girl. Hey, I'm you glad. let Gorgug pledge his blade to you for 10 gold pieces, so... <laughs> we never paid. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Look, I'm our... sorry, Cyrix, I understand, but your wishes do not supersede the divinity of the last of the first humans. I apologize. Reja, look... Never before have I wanted you to slut shame me so badly just because it would mean that we're back to normal. There is no shame at all in being the herald of the living God. <laughs> you all arrive at the mayor's office, and there are two people in the mayor's office. There is the mayor and <gasps> Nava, your good wizard friend. My mom! I take a long sip from my latte. Um, through the straw. <laughs> um, it's, a, Nava, it's a unicorn latte. How are you doing, Nava? Oh, better than I was weeks ago, thank to you all. Uh, but now might not be time for pleasantries. You see, during the fight, I became very, very worried about that onyx tower that sprouted up um so overnight me and a couple scouts and some people who were there to protect us went and examined it and we found some things that might be of interest to you all like what mommy that's i mean please don't do that again nava what did you find first of all the all of the pieces of rubble they're all covered in Runes. Dwarven runes. This is... Charlie gasps. <laughs> this is an artifact of, of not necessarily dwarven design, but of dwarven use. I've 
never seen it before. But Let me take a look at that. Charlie, you look at it. I immediately throw it against the ground, trying to smash it. It, it smashes Stop. a little bit. Why are you doing that, Charlie? Stop. I told you why I'm doing this, and you guys will not listen to me except for the good penny. You're welcome. Well, that was a response, certainly. Obviously, it's not the dwarves using it now. It's the hobgoblins. But I think maybe if... Well, they're kind of on the small side, too, aren't they? No, Make not at think? all. So, I, from this point, I feel like maybe our best option, if we are to figure out what's going on, because this this tower is just incredibly dangerous if they can do it again. This might be the key to the strategy. I don't know. This is the first time I've seen it, of course. So I don't know if it's the only time they've used it. But if they can use it again, it might be very, very bad. Um, um, Laura and Xerix, of course, know that they have used it at least one other time. It's a really good strategy, not going to lie. Um, there, there seems to be some sort of conjuration, teleportation magic associated with it. Do not know exactly what it does, but perhaps the dwarves in Kragadon might. They perhaps know about the lore of this artifact as it contains their language. Of course, there is a problem getting to Kragadon. Maybe some of you know, but the city has been under siege for two years by the proper Molthony army. Wait, what? Yes, Kragadon has been under a constant bombardment from the Molthoni Imperial Army. Not the Iron Fangs, but Molthoon. <sighs> These assholes. They... Where, do you, where the fuck do you think Gorgu got shot? Yes. Gorgu how did Tristan make it out of how did Tristan make it out of Kragadon then? He's very small. Oh, <laughs> Underground tunnels. Oh, uh, the gnome boy who tried to murder me and did indeed kill my tables. Look, uh, I took care of it, Nava, because I... Yes. I care about you. Killed him to death. Yes. Thank you for ensuring that Truxton died. Yo, can we table this for later? Ah. Charlie. Uh, and anyway, um, presumably criminal organizations could get people in and out uh, at cost, I would imagine. But I think as these things often go, it is much easier to get out than it is to get in. And she kind of looks over at Charlie and she goes, you, uh, you're from Krogodon, correct? Yes. It's, do you, were you based in the city or out of it? Do you have any insights on how to get in and out? Well, you want to avoid dwarves with your life at this point. They actually were pretty nice when I was there, but they're up to no good now. But you basically, there's like a gate. And if you go through the gate, but if you're walking towards the city, then you'll go into the city. And I remember, but if I was going towards the outside and I walked toward the gate, then I would go outside. Fascinating. Of course, apparently we have uh, reached a dead end with information. Anyway, there is one other thing we discovered in the rubble. Uh, seems to be Kossarok's notes. There are there's information. There's information about troop placements in the region, although those probably aren't useful anymore. But they did have a base of operations. Kassarok's army was based before the battle in an area known as the Valley of Aloy. The interesting thing, of course, about this valley is there is a passage to the Underdark. And if her notes and maps are to be believed, these Darkland tunnels might have a connection to Kragadon. Teleportation magic would be my initial thought, but I fear that they would have blocked it off because I would presume Molthun would be aware of the existence of teleportation as well. Um, this might be our best bet to get into Kragadon and try to figure out what this tower is. I don't know if you all want to take up this quest. And you can spend some time deciding, but if these towers become more rampantly used, there's no hope for Namathos. Therese will turn towards Cyrus. What say you, Justin? Oh my god. Um, so we need to go to Kragadon to figure out what this whole thing is. Yes. Expertly. And we, get, 
And we might get to kill some more hobgoblins and or Malthunis along the way. Oh, most definitely. What about dwarves? I don't Uh, particularly care about dwarves, but Malthuni, I have a bone to pick and, well, racism. (laughs) (laughs) I, no, Laura, I understand your motivations. They're clear. I believe that this is the perfect mission for you. I don't, I don't think you'll have to kill many dwarves. They seem to be on our side. Charlie, are you okay with that? For now. I am not. <laughs> Why not? Are we, are we now, I know we're not exactly uh, known for working together here in Nermathos, but are we acting technically on behalf of Longshadow in doing this? I look at the mayor. I, I have a team of irregulars that you may take use of to add to... God, they'll just die, please no. Your militia. Your militia. Uh, okay, we'll bring them. I will say yes, you... Actually, no. You will not be acting in the name of Longshadow. You will be acting in the name of Nirmathos itself. At this point, I do not have the technical power to give you military ranks, but as far as I can concerned, you all are foremost leaders in the Nermathothi army, so you will be acting in the name of this entire country. Oof. Except for you, Penny. You Thank God. In the name of the world. Norgaber has my side in this. On an unrelated note, uh, what is, uh, what's Nermathos's relation with these dwarves that have been besieged by our mortal enemies and we haven't helped? Uh, Krogodon is, it, like, imagine it as uh, the Vatican within Italy. They, it's basically like its own city-state, but the relations with uh, Nirmathos are well-established and positive. And it's just, they kind of accepted that most of Nirmathos are hippie losers and don't actually have an organized military most of the time to come help them? Uh, They're dwarves. They're good on their own. Very well. But they're not gonna, they're not gonna write us down in the Book of Grudges because we didn't immediately come help them, right? They've been suffering through a siege with very few casualties for two years now. They good. Okay. There were another couple items of importance that we did find in uh, what presumably before the explosion would have been Kasarok's lair, and I think it makes the most sense that we give them to you, because you are the heroes of Longshadow. Well, outside of the tower in an area you apparently didn't go to and loot, we found uh, 5,663 gold pieces worth of coins and jewelry. And then in Kossarok's lair, there was uh, 2,200 gold pieces and an additional 1,500 gold pieces worth of gems, which presumably would have been the army payroll. Say that again, sorry. Uh, 22 gold, 2200 gold pieces, 1500 gems. And then this book, which seems absolutely baffling that uh, Kasaraka, a uh, Minotaur general, would have. This, I've done the spellcraft work for you all, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, this is a, a tome of clear thought, plus two. I'll take that. It has thought in the title. Okay. I might fight you on that. Yeah, she might. Uh, that, I that mean, you can probably have it. <laughs> that motherfucker's worth 55,000 gold pieces. Yeah, we can all, we can just split the book, actually. Basically, the way it works is is if you spend 48 hours uh, reading it, um, you gain an inherent plus one to plus, well, you, you gain plus two to end. Nice. Oh, no, it only works once. Once the book is read, the magic disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, <gasps> I think it's best if Teresia uses the book. I agree. I have DCs attached to thoughtness. I need one more <laughs> skill rank per level. No. Before I let the mayor uh, speak, is there any other questions for me? Now that you've done well, I've only known you for a short time, but we thank you. I'm sure the town does as well. And the only other thing I will say is if in your journeys you come across a hag who bears a resemblance to me. Murder her real good, please. What is what people asking us to kill their family members? <laughs> well, this this one's What's like, the matter, Sir? It's just a little bit of matricide. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sir, what did you say? Nothing, Penny. 
Um, so now, okay. uh, the results of the battle. Uh, I, I think I explained a little bit that you you all had defense points. Yeah. And those defense points ticked down as rounds went on, or you didn't get to battles fast enough, or et cetera, or et cetera. Yes. Uh, your, your max that you guys built up was 187. You ended with 119, which means that... Uh, according to the chart presented by the Iron Fang Invasion Adventure Path, uh, you achieve a victory. You all did amazing thing in this town. Oh, we obviously have suffered, and people lost their lives, and structures were destroyed, but the defense of Longshadow was successful. Uh, there will probably not be any victory parades because there is much cleaning up to do. There's still bodies on the street, but I can promise you that you will always have home and free shelter in Long Shadow. Also, I've spoken to the merchants, and while many of them will not be able to open up shop for a few weeks, but you will have a mild discount on any goods they sell while you are in Long Shadow. I wish to thank you for all the work you did. I know I was difficult to work with there in the beginning, and with the schemes of the doppelgangers, I was distracted for a very long time. Just send us uh, paintings of you as a child. But the the merchants and the government and the Church of Abadar have uh, collected a reward to thank you. 12,000 additional gold pieces, as well as Nava and some of the clerics helped to craft a uh, a suit of armor for you all if you would like to take it. Go on. This is a breastplate of command. Laura. I guess. I well, can I wear Take the leadership feet. It's, uh, I know wherever you go from this point, you will be successful and given what we've seen, it will require your success. You have done great things here, but we need you to do great things everywhere, or else this country will fall, and thousands of lives will be lost. It's up to you all now, and don't call me Shirley. Thank you. Do you all have any any questions for me? No questions, but... Crobber, can I just say I'm extremely sad that Seneca died before I arrived? Yes, it is almost as if the Iron Fang Legion knew who my supporters were. It's very unfortunate that she and Garrett and Solomon were murdered. If only somebody had a coin that could resurrect somebody and could bring her back to life. Yeah, LMAO, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just saying that Seneca was hot, and I really wish I could have got with that. I... I have several pictures of her from local newspapers. I will take them. There was... That's a little creepy, but okay. I think you will appreciate <laughs> August 14th of 2014. That was the day Longshot hosted a wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> and you, Mayor, yes. for your... Those papers support. are worth 14,000 gold pieces. Oh, I'm selling them immediately. <laughs> I was kidding. They're worth nothing. No, it's been said. It's canon. Gavin, put that in the loot chat. I will cut it out of the episode. <laughs> anyway, you all rest here for as much time as you need. Thank you, and good luck on your future endeavors. I will always be here if you need me. In what way? Physically. Sexually? I suppose if that's a requirement... The mayor wears many hats. <laughs> is that a joke about condoms? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> we fade what? to black. We go back in the past two years and sitting around a campfire in the middle of the forest are five dwarves and one stands up and says... I know that I'm not best speaker. These next several days are to be very dangerous, very difficult. I am glad it is you lot that are with me. 
I do not know what it is we seek in Mothun. I do not really care. I just know our mission is what the Synod, what the Prince has given us. And we must do whatever is required to make sure Kragadon never falls. They all move on and begin resting. They set up watches and in the middle of the night... Alright, everybody go ahead and roll perception for me. Oh, god damn it. And that's, that's the end of our broadcast <laughs> week. What? No! I need you all, uh, before we play again, to have a crew of level 5 dwarves ready to go. I don't care what your class is, as long as you're a dwarf. And you What's fight. the sexiest class? And you that's fight Dragadon, baby. uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. Iron Fang Invasion is copyright 2017. Iron Fang Invasion and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo.